truth. It's time for the Stormtrooper to end. We're here with running Stormtrooper Jez Allenson right now to talk to him a little bit about what he's doing and why he's been running as a Stormtrooper for so long. Train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Always remember, your focus determines your reality. Welcome back to the Running Stormtrooper podcast. I'm Stuart Skinner, and I'm here, of course, with the Running Stormtrooper. It's Jez Allenson. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. Good evening, everyone. Happy New Year, Jez. First of first of uh, January. Yeah. Um, Happy 2020 New Year. Twenty twenty gone, <laughs> which some will say great, but um, obviously it was a big year for you. And obviously, we've covered all sorts of issues with regards to the running stormtrooper anyone that listened to last month's show will realize that you had a lot of miles left to do in the final month did you hit your target mate i am delighted to say that i have well and truly hit my target you smashed it mate you smashed it obviously we'll we'll go through what that that looked like in a minute but i take it your injury held up all right yeah I've I've been really really careful. I've been very very lucky, and uh, I'm just yeah, it's just all gone well. You know, the last time we spoke was about this on the podcast was the recording exactly a month ago. It was December the first, and I just done my first run outside, um, sort of off the treadmill along the streets, and I had another hundred forty three and a half miles to run to complete the thousand mile challenge. And the thing is, I wanted to get it done. I wanted to get it done in 2020. But I also wanted to get it done before Christmas. So I wanted to make my life even harder because I wanted to be able to enjoy the Christmas or enjoy it as much as we could do under the um, you know lockdown measures and everything. So as you know, I had the plan and it was a three week plan to try and aim to finish on December the 20th. And yes, mate, on December the 20th, I ran the last run as the Stormtrooper. That's it! We did it! We did it! Help! I think I'm melting. This is all your fault. We're going to get onto it in a minute. Okay, you've had so many knockbacks over 2020 with runs, runs being cancelled, marathons, all sorts. And then you had a wonderful finish planned. And yet again, COVID wiped you out. We will get onto that. You have been proper punch from every angle trying to get this done mate massive congratulations because you've just just carried on you you just look at it and you you do something different and i mean so many people would have given up this year but um 
yeah, yeah, it's been amazing that you've got through that in the time period, especially when you didn't run for over a month. I think that's uh... I think, you know, going back, I remember looking at a blog and I, I remember, I think I put something on Facebook or, or Instagram back in March when COVID got really, really big in the UK. And I was just thinking, actually, I'm not sure if this is even possible. To, am I going to cancel it? So, yeah, you're right. It, it has been setback after setback, knockback after knockback. I mean, we'll come on to the one which happened in the 11th hour. I couldn't believe that the, the last day. And uh, yeah, it's been tough. I'm so glad it's over. I'm I'm so relieved it's over because it just became, you know, that sort of um, beast of burden. You know, I, I had to get it finished. I really, really wanted to get it finished. And I'm so pleased for the charities for Make-A-Wish and Spread a Smile that I've been able to get it done and uh, get them not only some charity money, but some awareness and some extra publicity, which has just been perfect for them. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I like the sound of that. 1st of December, 143 and a half miles to run. Can you take us through? Let's let's go through the first couple of weeks then, because to be 143 miles must look on paper a daunting task. Yeah, it was. Um, but the, the worst part of it was just the weather and the uh, just the weather and and the darkness. You know, I, I, I found it really, really difficult. So I was running with, you know, a chest light as well. It was quite nice in some respects to see all the Christmas lights. But I did exactly what I said I was going to do in the podcast. I did four, six and a half mile runs during the week, which by the time it, you know you, you get dressed in the costume, which I've always said that getting dressed and getting undressed in the costume and do, just doing the bits which you need to do for each run probably takes about half an hour in itself. And then a six and a half mile run will probably take me about an hour and 10, something like that, maybe about an hour and 12. And uh, so when you add that up after you know day's work and it's in the dark, it, it was a bit of a challenge. I was then doing the 12 miles on the weekends. So that was the first two weeks, really. Rest easy, son. You've had a busy day. You're fortunate to be all in one piece. And it was then I started thinking about, right, where can I, how can I do this last week and how how can I finish? I started feeling confident, but it was all the planning now to go into the last week. So going into the last week, how many miles did you have left at that point? It was just 50 miles. It was because... 50 miles. Yeah, so because of the three weeks, it was like, right, I'll just do, just I'll, I'll do 50 miles in the first week, 50 miles in the second and 50 miles in the third and uh, so, yeah, it was something like 49.6 I needed to do after having added up every single run, which I've done in costume, uh, on my Garmin. So, uh, yeah, it, it's all there. It's all tracked. But, yeah, the last the last one was 50. So I just broke it down again with a couple of shorter runs. Then I gave myself, what was it, the Thursday was going to be the rest day. And then I had the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday. Sunday was going to be my last day. And we'll come on to that in a minute, because <laughs> I, I had I had worked out a particular route which was eighteen miles, and uh, so I was like, right, that's eighteen miles. What else do I need to do on the Saturday and on the Friday to to allow me to finish at the eighteen mile point on the Sunday? So it was two eight mile runs. So one I was going to do locally around RAF Benson where I work. You know, RAF Benson, uh, the RAF have been really really supportive. And encouraging so I just thought right I'll, I'll run around and I'll run around the domestic site where all the service families accommodation are for the people who live on camp 
and I'll run around, you know, there's a little school. So by the time I, I, I ran to the RAF station, <laughs> I um, took my helmet off uh, to show my ID. Uh, the guy on the gate um, had to throw up a salute. <laughs> so I think it just must be rather random for him, you know, actually in the uniform <laughs> salute and a guy in a stormtrooper costume. I then carry on running around camp. Everyone knows me as the lunatic anyway, but they have to obviously check who that lunatic is when he gets on camp. And uh, so it was two miles to get to camp. I did, um, yeah, four miles running around camp and running, you know, just waving at people and then two miles back. So that that was my eight and it was nice, nice and easy. And it just felt like the right thing to do. Because it's the right thing to do. And, uh, and then on the Saturday, it was my local village, my local town. So I thought, right, I'll, uh, I'll try and capitalize on social media a little bit for this one. There's some local Facebook groups. So I was just saying, look, you know, people have been seeing me for the, for the whole year, waving and stuff. Tomorrow is my last run. It's my sort of last run in the local area. And uh, it'd be great to see people and hopefully get some more sponsorships. So I just used it as a platform to try and encourage people to sponsor me, saying this will be the last time you'll see me running in the local area through the market town and stuff. So that was great. So I, I had my flag with me, which wasn't a particularly bright idea. I mean, it was a bright idea because I needed it to aid the sort of whole visual appeal. And so people knew what I was doing. They could see quite clearly it said a thousand miles. But with regards to it, it wasn't a bright idea. It's because it was really windy. <laughs> so so running in the costume is hard enough. Running in the costume after having run, you know, 120 odd miles is is still hard enough but then to top it off you're running with a big flag which is uh which was quite difficult yes that was good and one of the british forces media company wanted to do uh, an interview with me so they met me halfway and uh and did a little interview which was lovely and that's available online i like the sound of that yeah which so that, that was quite good and and you know what it was lovely that well, I've, that's probably one of one of my most enjoyable times from a running point of view because I don't know it's just really weird running from my local village. People had been asking me on Facebook what time and what my route was and stuff. And as I ran past a parade of shops, there must have been about I don't know twenty five people or so outside waiting for me to run past, and you know they were all sort of clapping me through, which was lovely. That was really really nice. And then as I was running along a sort of major A road towards our local town, there was a family uh, complete with a bugler. Uh, a guy was there sort of trumpeting me along, sort of like, yeah, he, he was bugling me past, which I thought was really, really cool, really nice. And uh, and then, yeah, in the local town, just running through the marketplace. So it was, as as the media people said to me, it was just a nice thing to see in in a constant time of doom and gloom you know we yeah. we should have been ce- celebrating christmas everything should have been really good and jolly but you know we've got the constant tier um increases and the lockdown restrictions and everything like that so i think it was just nice for people to see something a little bit british crazy maybe it was just you know something a little bit different but also something which people in our local area have been used to seeing but it was that they people knew that that was my last run in the local area so that was it it was it was just a nice way to sort of finish off what was meant to be my last runs around here so uh so that everything was feeling good and everything was looking good 
for the final day. Stay on target. We're too close. Stay on target. Well, so let's let's get on to the final day because let's first of all discuss what you were planning on doing because you went away and you're crazy actually. I think you phoned me while you were there. And um the 18 miles you decided to cycle to make sure it was 18 miles which yeah. first of all is just bonkers it really was a silly thing so um <laughs> I, I couldn't believe i was doing it i just got so caught up in the moment and yeah so let, let's rewind um you know people know that i've had a really good um working relationship with pinewood studios who have been brilliant of uh, the run stormtrooper and, and as you know we did the 40 miler and the, the 100k there and uh, all throughout the year, you know, they've been mega keen to support, but have obviously been massively restricted with coronavirus. And, you know, these are multi-million pound industries and they're, they're not taking any chances. They're really, really worried about stuff naturally. So we just were monitoring the situation. We were looking at it. And then uh, an opportunity also came up to do some running at Elstree Studios which is obviously where Star Wars was originally filmed in 1976 for the 77 release. And uh, and I thought, oh, that's perfect, you know, because this will be our start where Star Wars started and our finish where Star Wars is in the moment, you know, it, it, the, the latest thing for it. So I just thought it was a nice little film journey. It had a little bit of, I don't know, there was just something about it. It just seemed right. It seemed appropriate. It seemed like a challenge, 18 miles. You know, I got out, mapped my run, and uh, and I put the two postcodes in, and I said, yeah, running or, or cycling. And it gave me this route, and it said it was just like a 100 metres less of, of 18 miles. So I thought, brilliant, amazing. Let's get, let's let's do that. So it was all looking great for, for this Elstree to Pinewood. But I thought, right, yeah, I need to check it out. I need to check out this route. I need to make sure that there's a decent pavement everywhere. And I, I've told you how difficult it is running in the costume. You know, I, I struggle with curbs. I struggle with uneven roads. And I wanted to make sure it was safe. And I wanted to know how hilly it was as well. So on the Wednesday, I took the Wednesday off of work. So that final week, I, I took the Wednesday off. I drove to Pinewood and I got into their visitor's car park, got my mountain bike out. I cycled from Pinewood to Elstree. Right now I feel like I take on the whole empire myself. I know what you mean. But it was hilly. It was really hilly. In fact, my Garmin said to me, highest ascent. Yeah, I got a record that day for, for the hilliest sort of climb I had done. And uh, so I knew that this would be an absolute challenge. But it was... Um, so, yeah, cool. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in there then. So you cycled to Elstree and then cycled back. Yeah, it was it was the so, most stupid idea. <laughs> a week when you're running 50 miles, mm. you've had a bad injury. You've already yeah. done 100 miles that month. Yeah. You then decide to cycle 36 miles. Yeah, I didn't think it through, mate. It, it was... <laughs> I mean, all right, and I, I've got one of these bikes. I mean, it's, it's a lovely mountain bike, so it's not really you know designed for, for, for the road so much. But I've got one of these razor-sharp saddles. And I was just thinking, what on earth are you doing? In fact, this is probably the first time you've been on your bike. You know, may, maybe the third time you've been on your bike this year. And both the other two times have been to, you know, to go to a local shop or just to test it out. I think the furthest I've been in about the last four years is about three miles on my bike to the pub. It was rainy. 
and I was just thinking I was about four miles in and I'm like right I'm not even not even quarter of the way and I've got to do this journey again and then tonight I've got 10 miles to run that's right I remember because the night the day before I was so late back from work I only ran six uh, I, I had some like <laughs> I, I had 10 miles to run because I knew that the following day was my rest day and it was like oh man so um yeah I had to cycle 36 miles and then do a run as a stormtrooper it was a silly idea well <laughs> god I had to say to you mate <laughs> yeah I know I was just, it, it, was, it wasn't one of my best ideas but I I needed to do this route recce and I was then content with the route I knew exactly where I was going to get changed. There's a Tesco's right next to Elstree. And, uh, but that was it. It was on the Saturday morning. It was just after my Saturday run where I had run around the local town that I had a phone call from the BBC. I like the sound of that. And, uh, you know, we spoke a while ago about, oh, I just need that big break. I need that one thing like when we had the lad bible video when that went viral you know two million hits 2.2 million hits on a on a running stormtrooper lad bible thing and it was just like yeah i just need that little nudge i need that break and i thought it was coming <laughs> on the saturday when the bbc phoned me and said we've heard what you're doing tomorrow where are you running and i'm like right yeah l street to pinewood and they're like right we will get a cameraman to you at pinewood and we want you to be on the BBC Breakfast Show. And I'm like, what? National news? National TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because up until now, it's just been sort of more regional based. And uh, they were like, yeah, we want you on the Sunday Breakfast Show. We'll have a camera and we'll do a piece. Send us a load of photographs. Send us a load of videos you've got. And we'll do a nice little introduction for you. And it'll all be great. <laughs> it was just a great opportunity. It, it was a great opportunity. So we were messaging back and forth. Uh, then on sort of WhatsApp and everything was looking brilliant. I was so pleased with it. You know, I'd done this route recce and the BBC were going to be there. It was all looking great for the final day. Um, both the charities were going to be at Pinewood Studios. The Pinewood Studios rep was going to be at Pinewood Studios. They had a finish line banner for me, which is the same finish line banner, which I've had for the 100K and for the 40 miler. And it was all sorted. going to go the way you think fulfill your destiny and then I got a message from the BBC saying we've just heard that Boris Johnson is just going to be placing London into tier 4 in about 45 minutes um, they had obviously, as news people, been sort of tipped off that this was going to happen. And uh, and immediately I was like, oh, no, 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 hang on a second. Normally they give a couple of days notice and then BBC were like, no, this is going to happen tonight at midnight, we're pretty sure. And uh, yeah, and then lo and behold, because of coronavirus, um, most of London or all of London was placed in tier four, which included Elstree Studios. So I couldn't travel there. And you, you, you just couldn't enter a tier four area or leave. So um, Pinewood were outside of it, um, but the whole thing was off. And then Pinewood were saying to me, well, you, you can still finish here if you want, but 
I know it just didn't seem right. I'd be sort of arbitrarily just running around <laughs> trying to get 18 yeah. miles up to finish it Pinewood when, you know, it, it just didn't feel right. Uh, the whole shine again, it had been yet another punch, but as, as, as we said, right. At the this last one was minute. so late in the day, wasn't it as yeah. well? Because your run was on the Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. This was five o'clock on Saturday Saturday, evening, yeah, wasn't Saturday it? This announcement. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, refueled the car and everything you know we were packed and ready to go and it was all sorted i'd done all my uh, announcements and everything and it was just a case of oh no so i was speaking with the the charity reps and uh saying look i don't know what to do i, I just want to finish this I, I i don't want to be rude but i just want to finish this now and uh you know i i, I was so close to the end and um and the charity reps were saying look regardless of where you run it just do it, but we can't be there because we're in tier four. So you are running this on your own. You just, you know, that's it. Because they had been placed in tier four at five o'clock that day. So they, I, I just felt bad for the, um, for the charity people because you know they'd got some balloons and you know a few bits and pieces and whatnot. I think they were looking forward to it. So it's a case of right damage limitation. You know, I, I saw this opportunity. The BBC just. Oh, it just slipped away from me, and I just thought I was so close. That was it, so close. And uh, and then I just thought, you know what? I, I'm just going to do what I did for the virtual marathon, the London virtual marathon, which is I'm just going to run round camp. And uh, I know I had said that the previous two days on the Friday was the last time, but I contacted the station commander for RAF Benson, and I just said to him, you know, it's his station essentially, and I just said, look, can I? have uh permission to run around the technical site like the airfield side rather than just the domestic can i just run around again i've just got 18 miles to do and then we'll probably try and make some sort of um uh, sort of thing of the finish you know just trying to do something and this could be you know an opportunity for the rf to sort of say you know yeah you know let, let's continue to support and obviously the station commander said yes so so that was that so i had a plan b it wasn't it wasn't the great plan it it was far from what i wanted but it was a plan b and then the bbc contacted me and said oh no we're still interested we'll send a cameraman wherever you are we'll, we will get a cameraman to you <laughs> to which my you know you can imagine my sort of you know hopes picked up my heart picked up and everything and i was just like oh amazing oh the brilliant brilliant oh great so uh they just said to me yeah can you can you meet us at 20 past eight and uh and i did so ah but <laughs> oh no there there was one problem uh on the morning which you're not aware of what? so the night before Stu, what a lot of people do when they do run in is um they do what's called a flat lay now uh, you might have seen this on my instagram or stuff when people lay out their vest lay out their shorts and their socks and their trainers like with a running bib number and it's like the obligatory night before shot and called the flat lay and i just thought right i'm going to do my last flat lay which is where i had all my kit and sort of caboodle all my armor everything laid out it takes a while to set up on these photographs because of the amount of armor pieces but there's a there's a definite part of the way in which my costume is constructed that doesn't look at all Star Warsy, right? <laughs> Let you into a little sort of trade secret now. That the first thing which I put on on top of like my running tights and my running vest and everything like that is uh, uh, just a, a belt, 
a traditional belt which you would have to hold your jeans up or your trousers or what have you right so this is just a regular belt which i've been using since the beginning which doesn't look sporty it's nothing to do with star wars it's all hidden under bits and pieces but it's it's like the main spine which holds everything together and i forgot it because um I, it, I didn't include it in the flat lay so I sort of packed up flat lay got everything sorted got it in my box arrived at camp found somewhere on camp to quickly get changed met up with the uh, before I got changed met up with the cameraman everything had a quick chat with him start getting everything out where's the belt oh no oh no I left that out of the photo oh, and, and I didn't have the belt with me and we were going to be live on air in 15 minutes and I couldn't even get the costume on so it was a case of, oh, oh my God. So I just had to phone up my wife and say, babe, find me the belt. I think it's downstairs on the sofa by here. Um, flat lay issue, quick, find me, find the belt and get here, please, as quick as you can. So, um, or uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so, so she finds the belt and she drives. It was just like something on, you know, some wedding day morning panic sort of all around gets the belt rushes it to me in which stage you know we're like eight minutes to go everything's perfectly all right now we're fine we're all fine here now thank you how are you i try my hardest to get ready and then uh, the cameraman calls out and he's like oh um the person they were going to have on before you is a no-show can you be ready in two minutes and i'm like ah! so managed to get dressed and uh, get everything on and then yeah we end up doing our piece to camera <laughs> and it was just you wouldn't believe the panic behind you, you you watch this video now and it's just all sort of you know calm this that, and the other but i tell you uh, the the minutes leading up to that it was absolute chaos and <laughs> you look so uh, relaxed oh mate I, I tell you it was just when i couldn't find that belt i was just like oh no I, I, it was one of those moments when i would have died if i'd been trying to get hold of <laughs> jules my wife and her phone was on silent or something or other but no fortunately bless her yet again she saved the day and um, i managed to get my belt and get everything on but i didn't get to warm up i didn't get to do anything like that i just so i so i did the interview which we'll come on to a bit but it was yeah that wasn't the way to start the run and again right it was the strangest thing ever you i, I i'm sure other runners find this right i could go out well today I, I did a six and a half mile run earlier on so i did a 10k earlier on not a problem you do a public race 10k I don't sleep very well the night before, sort of have upset stomach and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you, it's just one of those things about race and then the, the body's way of reacting to like a big event or something like that. So, you know, I've done these runs before, 18 miles, 20 miles further. And if I'm just running on my own, that's not a problem, not a problem whatsoever. But because this was the last one and because of the TV and because of COVID and because of everything else, yeah, I did not sleep the night before. I did not sleep at all well. So, uh, yeah, nothing was really going well for me in the last 24 hours. Stay on target. We're too close. Stay on target. Mate, that's um, crazy. Like I said to you, my, my brother-in-law texted me, actually. He went, is your mate on um, BBC News? And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I, was like, and I just looked at you, and I'm, I'm sure like a lot of people in the country, I was sweating just looking at you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I do like the fact that quite a few of my friends were taking a mick out of me for uh, a certain thing the lady said um, whilst we were interviewing. I mean, the interview itself went on for a while. They gave me a good bit of I good did. bit of airtime and a nice little bit of video video beforehand. Uh, but yeah, it was one comment which the lady made. Wow, uh, you're obviously an incredibly modest man, and I'm getting sweaty just looking at you running in that outfit. I think we're gonna have to let. <laughs> it, it, it was just yeah it was um it was quite a funny little comment which you made but yeah hon's way stay on target we're too close stay on target so the, the run began then didn't it so yeah so what they said they were going to do is um they had to give me it was all sort of coronavirus safe they they gave me a brand new earpiece and and they were trying to get me to put it on but it was difficult for me to put it on because when I'm in costume, I can't articulate my arms particularly well. I, I, you know, really, really struggling to to put stuff in my ears. You know, as I said, I can't touch my toes. I don't have a great deal of freedom of movement when I'm in the costume. So we were trying to get me to get all this stuff fitted to me. And the idea was to do the interview. And then they were going to follow me running for about 100 metres or so. And in fact, at the end of the video, you do see me starting to run slowly because the cameraman was like, look, I'm not a runner, just run slowly and, and I'll just keep up with you. But just run, please, please just run slowly. Run, Stormtrooper, run. Fundraising has been really, really difficult. But to get this opportunity on national TV to do something particularly about charity uh, for, for Make-A-Wish and Spread a Smile, it was an opportunity I, I thought would be really, really worthwhile. But I didn't realise how worthwhile because what what was great about it was the the way they had it set, I was just right by the Spitfire Gate Guardian outside RAF Benson. So there was the whole sort of military thing, but the whole children's thing and the whole Star Wars thing. I think actually the way in which the BBC did it, I think it just appealed to, to a lot of people, but also the, the conditions as well, because people are just seeing constant negativity on the news. It just did seem like a good story. I like the sound of that. And it's lovely when you get a sponsorship notification because you get a little buzz on your wrist or you get a little email come through. And uh, yeah, within 30 seconds of this interview finishing, buzz, 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 buzz. And, and it was just nonstop. It was like, what, what, what's going on here? And And I couldn't actually do anything on my watch apart from look at these notifications coming in. I mean, which was brilliant. But, uh, but I I couldn't actually see, I couldn't start my watch. I couldn't do anything on my watch because I was just buzz, 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 notifications. So I, I knew that they weren't filming anymore. So I stopped and looked at my watch and looked at my phone. And it was like 50, 60, 70 emails, um, just donation, donation, donation. And you could just imagine like the, I, I was just jubilant. I, you know, and I, then I saw like 50 pounds, 100 pounds. And then I saw an anonymous donation of a thousand pounds. I was just like, wow, this is this is incredible. My target, I was already delighted with because when I woke up on that morning, when I woke up on the 20th of December, I had just reached my 14,000 target. So I, I was over by about 10 pounds or so. So 14,000 pounds I, 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 was, I was at. And then within, within the space of five minutes, I looked at my phone and it said 16,000 and then 17,000 and rising. 
And I couldn't believe it. I had to turn the notifications off of my watch because I just needed to be able to run and, and see what was going on. And, and, and I could still see the notifications coming on my phone. But mate, I, I, I carried on running. I put my helmet on and I had the biggest grin underneath that helmet. And I was just like, it doesn't matter. You've got 18 miles to run. Grizz it out. Just hang on in there. Your foot can be fine. You have 18 miles. You, you will get this done in three hours and 12 minutes. And uh, and let, let's just hold on because you are getting sponsorship now for these charities. And it was the it was the best feeling. And and it it the rate then started to to drop off. You know the frequency, but for that first half an hour, forty five minutes, it was unbelievable. The amount I think I think I must have had about four hundred donations. And uh, and having read through all the little notes and all the and all the well wishes and and things people had put on my Virgin Money given site about what they had seen. It was lovely, really, really nice. So, um, yeah, I, I was already flying high before I'd even run three miles. Brilliant, wasn't it? I must admit. I mean, it's it's been an ongoing theme when we've been recording this podcast that the fundraising isn't as high as what you probably would have achieved with a, a non-COVID year with doing little events here and there. But to have that at the end, I mean, you said that the charities are suffering this year. What a way to finish. Yeah, I mean, it, it was great. The charities have really suffered and they've really struggled this year. They've had to adapt, you know, they've had to change their wishes. They've had to change, you know, these children still need the support. They still need the, the hospital visits or the entertainment in the hospital. So they spread a smile have now been sort of switching to a more virtual entertainment world themselves. So rather than having these entertainers and magicians and stuff go in, they've been doing it live but with the use of screens and stuff. So they've had to innovate. They've had to come up with great ideas, but they haven't had the sponsorship. So, yeah, this was, this was you know, we talk about uh, jabs, you know, vaccines and stuff, but this was the shot in the arm that my sponsorship needed this year. It it was great. I mean, um, so so the, the rest of the run was pretty uneventful, really. I had... Um, a uh, guy joined me for about six miles or so at the three mile point so he got me to the halfway point we just socially distanced chatted all the way around which was great I was stopping every three miles and um, so so that was just for fuel and for drinks and also to cheekily check out how my uh, fundraising was going and um, and yeah it was great so got to the nine mile point 12 mile point 15 mile point that's when I phoned my wife and said right I will be finished at this time. And uh, and there's not much more to report really about the last run, <laughs> apart from the cloud, which I uh, I stopped and took a photograph of because as you know, you know, we're both sort of Star Wars nerds and stuff like that. And I was just in my own little jazz world running along, just thinking, yeah, I've got three miles to do, three miles to do, three miles to do. I've known, I know I've hit my target. I know I've hit my fundraising target. This is all good. And uh, and I looked up at the cloud and maybe I just was hallucinating. I don't know. But to me, the cloud was in the shape of Yoda um, from Star Wars. So I looked at this cloud and I was just like, oh, there's the pointy ears. There's the there's the heads. There's there's in fact, there's two eyes because the previous blog which I'd written was called Do or Do Not. There is no try. And um, and I just thought, 
well yeah Yoda's there sort of wishing you well that's just where I was maybe I was just I don't think I was dehydrated, but maybe I was, you know, maybe I was seeing things. But I stopped to take a photograph of that. Soon. Will I rest? Yes. Only mm. I have. And um, that, that was the only thing of, of interest on a rather dull run, which was just 18 uh, laps of a one-mile uh, one little loop which I had made. And uh, yeah, it was great. So uh, I finished. That was it. There was no planned ticker tape thing. You know, that was all at Pinewood. There was no finish line. There was no charities there or anything like that. It was all fairly subdued. But what was nice is, you know, station commander was there. There's a um, chap who took some photographs for me. And my boss was there as well. And, uh, and obviously my wife and family. So finished loads of photographs and uh th that was it it was just it was done uh, but mate it was um it was done in such a way that i was so pleased we'd managed to sort of you know get victory from the jaws of defeat with regards to the constant covid issues and the cancellations and the last minute cancellations and um got it done i'm over the moon yeah you've done so well mate well done it's well done just before we move on from fundraising can you just give out where people can just fundraise even if there's just one last person to stick a fiver in your tin yeah mate that would be great and i'd be really really grateful for anything so it's it's virginmoneygiving.com forward slash the running stormtrooper project so virginmoneygiving.com forward slash the running stormtrooper project and everything all details, links, etc., are on my link tree. So Stormtrooper Run's link tree or stormtrooperrun.com. So plenty of ways of people finding out how they can make a uh, sponsorship donation. This money is all going to get spent on uh, poorly children and uh, and those kids who really, really need it. So no, any anything is really greatly appreciated. Yeah, that's what uh, this whole whole thing has been about, isn't it, mate? I like the sound of that. Now, Jez, before we um, we do any kind of closing out, you were heavily assisted uh, early on in your running Stormtrooper days with the supply of the costume and help with the costume. Well, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you explain it to uh, how this came about. Yeah, so I, I've said before in previous episodes how you know I had this crazy idea of wanting to do it, and uh, I thought, yeah, absolute Star Wars lunatic. But first of all, I need to get hold of a costume, so. I contacted our friends Mark Newbold and James Burns who were at Jedi News and said to them, look, you know, I really want to do this. and uh, But how do I go about getting myself a costume? You know, it's hard work. Where do I begin? And being very well connected people, they said to me, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll look into this for you. So it was the Jedi News guys who got into communication with the UK garrison. And, uh, and then they phoned me back and said, we've got a contact for you. We've got a contact called Steve Buckley, who... Um, it actually run the London Marathon in probably 2012-2013, I think it was, as Stormtrooper. And it offered to loan me his um, his retired costumes. This was like, you know, the, the one which he no longer used because he had a pristine one for his UK garrison duties. Now, I'm actually going to bring Steve into the conversation now because I just wanted to you know have the opportunity to have a chat with him have a catch up and uh, and thank him and UK Garrison for all the work which they've done because uh, Steve good evening how are you doing 
Good evening to you, Jez, and to you, Stu. Evening, mate. Mate, it's, uh, it's, it's great to uh, chat with you. It's been ages. Happy New Year to you. I hope you're well. Yes, yes, all, all good. Yes, Happy New Year to, to the both of you as well. Hopefully 2021 uh, is going to be a, a much bigger and brighter year for us all. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Steve, we'll, we'll just go back to this. So this was in uh, late 2015 that uh, I think Jedi News would have contacted you and uh, or Mark or, or James and uh, and you kindly agreed to lend me your, your loaner. So you ran in the original costume um, when was it? 2013 or so? Uh, even even later than that. I've, yeah, I've done the London Marathon um, three times in the costume. It was 2005, 2008, and 2010 was the last wow. time. Wow! Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Then it sort of went went away into the loft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's where it stayed. So when they contacted you and said, "Right, yeah, we've got this guy who wants to do it," to you, it's one of those things of, "Oh yeah." Um, I put you the fool. I know what that's going to be like. I know that's going to chafe. Um, but yeah, and you, you um, it was great because it just shows the community. It shows what people are like, you know, in, in UK Garrison and Star Wars community in general, that you agreed to lend a complete stranger something which, you know, for quite a while had been your pride and joy and was certainly, you know, something which needed to be looked after. And uh, and what compelled you to, to loan it in the first place? I was just glad to see it getting used again, to be honest. I mean, it, it was my original trooping costume, uh, but like, like, as, you, as you know, we had to do some modifications to it to make it a, a little bit more comfortable to be able to run in it. Uh, and then I got myself another proper trooping costume, but I didn't want to throw this one away because for sentimental reasons, you know, it's, I ran the marathon in it. Yeah. So I, I kept it in the loft as a, as a keepsake and it, it I was overjoyed when when you know, Mark and James got in touch to say there's another nutter out there who thinks he can run a marathon in a costume. It, it, it was it was fantastic just to see it getting used again. I mean, I'd always had the dream of getting a whole squad of troopers running the marathon, but mm. nobody in the garrison and none of my friends <laughs> were uh, slightly interested. So you know, when I heard about what you wanted to do, I thought, yeah, let, let, let's crack on and, and help as much as possible. Brilliant. Uh, and I was so, so grateful. So you, you lent me your original costume which i used very gratefully in 2016 um i think got it back to you not long after that you know a month or so uh, later yeah. i think and um and then and then that was it and as we know and Stu and i have chatted about in this podcast before then i had a another idea of, of doing it again the following year and i had a very very busy 2017 plans and that's when you very very kindly came up with another solution didn't you uh, yes that's right i mean i know we we did look at possibly using the suit again but it, it was by that time getting a, a bit tired uh, and i had many years ago uh, when i first joined the garrison i had bought um a yes another costume a spare costume and again that has been taking up loft space so i thought you know what it can either sit there collecting dust or i can give it to you to use permanently for all of these uh, crazy escapades you decided to, to do <laughs> yeah so i i couldn't believe that so there you, there you were with a kit so this, i mean this hadn't even been made into a costume had it this was, right. this was it in kit form but without the helmet and, and i couldn't believe it i was like wow this is this is awesome and now is the time when we just mention a mutual friend of ours so phil parker was in the uk garrison and uh, he actually worked at RAF Odium, where I was working at the time. And I remember your original suit. I think 
whilst I'd been out on a training run, I worried myself because there was a slight bit of damage done to it whilst I was running. And I took it into the uh, where he worked, not having met him before and not having had any sort of running Stormtrooper sort of work <laughs> whatsoever with him. And it just so happened that he was exactly the right person to, uh, for me to find because he said, I know whose suit that is. I know exactly whose suit this is because, um, <laughs> yeah, it was such a small world. So uh, so Phil kept the 2016 costume on the roads, but Phil was the, uh, you refer to it as the armourers, don't you, when it comes down to assisting That's right, yeah. putting kits together. So uh, so Phil assisted or, or was was the main man behind getting the armour put together for me. And then it was Ross Wormsley, who's um, very well known within the Star Wars costuming world. And uh, in fact, has his own Star Wars costuming company. Creative genius behind some uh, very, very good costuming um, aids, props, equipment and armour. And very, very kindly donated me a helmet. So it was a full-on UK garrison, you know, push behind the system here. You know, I'm not garrison member, but the guys I found really, really helpful, really can do, because they knew that this was all in the aid of charity. So it, it was great. It was a real team effort. And uh, yes, yeah, so that was the costume which I ran in 2017 and 2018. And I still remember because I've still got your original one in my loft, which you, <laughs> yes. which you lent me until this costume was built. And uh, with the fact that she's been busy, I think I've been to Afghanistan three times since then. And uh, this year, just in lockdown, I will get you your original costume back as soon as I can. And um, and yeah, with uh, certainly a slab of beers or whatever I owe you for it. Because uh, I just, you know, when, when we first came up with this plan, it was to try and raise £2,000 in, in 2016. And I, I don't know if you've been keeping up with with how things have gone. But with... I, um, I have. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, yeah, I, I, I absolutely doff my cap to you and, and all of your support team who've helped you do all the various events you've done. I, I mean, I can't believe it's been five years that I've known you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that we first started this. And what you've raised and the things you've done in that time is absolutely outstanding outstanding mate well thank i mean thanks so much mate you know i just just wanted to say that from what we were doing together to to raise two grand collectively you know if it hadn't have been for jedi news you know now jedi news and phantom tracks and if it hadn't been for the uk garrison if it hadn't have been for you and phil and ross this wouldn't have happened and uh so yeah, you know, Stu has been with me all the way through this. I've had great support network. Pinewood Studios have been brilliant, and you know, as you and I met at the um, European premiere of of the Rise of Skywalker again, we, we, we bumped yes, into each other in London, it. and it yes. was just a chance meeting. And you know, yeah. we said, you know, we've got all these plans, and we were going to run together. We were going to yeah. be running at Pinewood, but who knew coronavirus has just driven a coach and horses through absolutely everything. But the one thing which has stayed firm in, and, and has stayed uh, loyal to this whole project is the support of you, Phil, and, and Ross, and Stu, and all of the friends, and all the Star Wars community. So, mate, it's just a massive thanks ever so much. You're most welcome. Us geeks have to stick together. <laughs> Absolutely, and we are geeks, and we do hit our target. Stay on target. We're too close. Stay on target. Now, um... <laughs> Just before you know, we let you go. Thanks ever so much, mate. Is there? I, I know UK Garrison. You know these guys have, 
it's been a tough old year for them, I imagine, with the fact that they probably, you know, can't be doing trooping and stuff like that. But is there um, is there any sort of message or is there anything, you know, if people wanted to get hold of the UK Garrison or just wanted to find out a little bit more about your community, how can they uh, how can they reach out to you guys? Absolutely, yes, thank you. Um, let's say we we do have uh, we're on the internet. We're www ukgarrison.co.uk if you go on there you can find out all about the club and there is a little link that says book us obviously as you say due to a coronavirus at the moment we've not been able to do much trooping we've we've been doing lots of virtual troops sending lots of video messages uh, particularly to um to children and who are currently sick and in hospital so that that's been mostly what we have been doing uh, we have managed to do a few socially distanced uh, events but yeah it's it, it has been difficult but like I say, if people want to go to that website, we're also go to Twitter, go to Facebook, just type in UK Garrison and it, it, it'll pop up and you'll be able to find out more about what the club does, who we are and, and different ways of, of getting in touch with our events team uh, to, to look at potentially uh, booking us uh, for events when restrictions do get lifted later on this year. That's brilliant, Steve. Look, thanks ever so much. Please pass on my regards to everyone in the UK Garrison, you know, Ross, and all the gang and uh yeah i'm indebted to you and uh and that's just been brilliant and i know it's cheesy as hell but may the force be with you and you and you jess it's been an absolute honor to uh to help you on this on this journey and uh, i look forward to uh, seeing you running in the biker scout this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's um i was gonna say much easier yeah this is um i'm just gonna pass the ball to Stu. i think because um <laughs> Mate, yeah. I struggle to run a bath, so <laughs> <laughs> let's not uh, get into that. Now the Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. Before we close out, just just to reflect on on a year, it's been a it's been a tough year. You've you've been on tour with your work, so. It's been a real up and down, like we said earlier, everything, so many things cancelled. So I just want to ask you a, f- a few questions and just just to finish off um, our final podcast together. Yeah. But first of all, you've run a thousand miles hmm. in this costume. With all the time collated, how much time have you spent running? <laughs> and also, can you add, then add how much time you spent putting on the costume yeah. to, to that total? Yeah. And you can tell I've had a couple of days off work here and now I'm not running. So all of a sudden I've got a lot of spare time. Um, I've gone through every single Garmin run uh, where I was in costume uh, from January to December. It's 105 runs and uh, started off 10 in January. And then it was around about the 6, 8, 6, 10, 9, 9, 8, 9, 8, and then 5 in November. But then a massive 17 in December with my three rest days. And uh, yeah, on average, I've been running it on average around about sort of 10 minute miles, often a little bit longer. But in total, it was 169 hours, 19 minutes and 57 seconds of running. So that's seven days, one hour, 19 minutes, 57. Or alternatively, mate, it's now what, Friday, Friday night. And uh so it was a week, a week and one hour. So if you imagine now, I'm going to dress you up in a Stormtrooper costume and you're going to go running for a week. And in a, in a week's time, I'll just say, stop. You have been nonstop running for, for exactly a week. That When you think about it like that, that is 
a long time to be wearing that costume you know there's only 52 weeks in the year so it's a whole week of running and um i have said when it comes to getting changed into the costume uh dressed into the costume and then the sort of you know the getting out of it the the cleaning and a bit repair um, sort of running work and stuff so i reckon each run you need to add another half an hour onto onto the actual run itself so with 105 runs yeah that's over 50 52 hours so um well over well over two days of just getting dressed if you yeah just close on close off for uh two full days that's um <laughs> that's a lot of my life isn't it spent this year just uh putting on a stormtrooper costume so yeah 105 troops 105 armored runs this year and uh yeah stay on target we're too close stay on target yeah it's crazy when you uh when you sum it up like that but that's, um, uh, that's a lot of yeah. wet wipes and it's a lot of washing and <laughs> and it's a lot of febreze but yeah it's <laughs> How how does the costume smell now? You finished? No, the costume the costume's all right. It it, it I don't know. I, I, it had a really good spruce up. You know, it had a gold star car wash standard for the BBC. But it you know the straps. I'd be taking the straps off and trying to wash them, but trying to wash them so they uh, they would wash, but the straps wouldn't shrink <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. So the, the undergarments, the, the running tights and the long sleeve running tops, I would obviously wash after each run. And, uh, the, you know, they, they were fine. But the actual plastic itself, because it's of, of that plastic, so, you know, the ABS plastic, which doesn't absorb sweat because it's plastic. So, you know, you, you can see visible dried sweat on it. So that's hence all the wet wipes and me cleaning it down each time. But it, the actual costume doesn't smell. The inside of the helmet probably was where I would Febreze it the most, I think, just because of the foam in the cradle and, and the various things which I had in there. But it's it's fine. I, I'd put it on now, but I've, I've vowed that I'm not wearing that costume again. I've, it's already on a mannequin. It's already cleaned, and it's already on a mannequin, which is far more hench than I am. And th- this is a strapping mannequin. And uh, so I've got it in my shed. Uh, well, some people call it shed. I call it my summer house. But I've got it in there. And, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't quite look right on the mannequin because the mannequin is so big. But it's uh, I'm I'm not planning on wearing it again. I'm not wearing it again. Not planning. That was the yeah. I realised. Yeah, it's not planning on wearing it. (laughs) No, because what I've said is I'm not doing any more runs in it. I'm not doing any more runs. But if another school said to me, uh, when all this COVID's over, oh, can you come around and do another assembly? Because I did quite a few assemblies last year and the year before, and um, so that is the only time when I would do it. I'm so done with the running in this costume. I really, really am. I mean it. Right, Jez. So, so that full year. What was the biggest high? What What was the the biggest high moment? Oh, mate, there's been there's been so many. I think the first Pinewood finish line with a little Make a Wish lad, um, which which was brilliant. You know, he was dressed as a biker scout, and we crossed the finish line. That was that was lovely. Guinness World Records. 
that was great it, it's the star wars celebration stuff was all good but i don't think i've ever been a happier me in my little jazz bubble when i was running along and i was getting all those notifications on my phone for the sponsorship going in it was just knowing that in this world of doom and gloom at the moment you know getting this money for these charities was just brilliant and um so yeah i've had loads of highs mate you know the people we've met the things which we've done but doing that whole thing where you just prove to people that no that old folklore of stormtrooper can't hit his target you know that old joke which i hear all the time that we we've smashed every one of our targets and i'm so pleased about that yeah brilliant only imperial stormtroopers are so precise and obviously the opposite side of that is it's been a tough year what about the lows lows i think yeah apart from the obvious you know where i've had this year's been full of lows really you know the the injury thing and every setback every um every time i've I've fell over was a low you know when i um when i would crack crack the costume you know and fortunately i've not fallen over now in the costume for two years but yeah it was just difficult i think lows sometimes you know, you do a long run or you do something, you get on radio to try and promote the idea and to get the sponsorship and then just nothing comes in. Sometimes the low is you realise actually you've not had any sponsorship in four, four weeks, four or five weeks or so. But and then you'll get a then you'll get a run and then, you you know, you'll you'll turn it around and, and something positive will happen. So, yeah, there, there are highs and lows, but. I think I've I've had far more highs than lows, even with everything this year. Yeah, lovely. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Every morning when you look in the mirror, it must be a funny moment. But with regards to the running, what's been the funniest, the funniest moment? I think well, it's between two, both of which happened to me this year, both of which happened to me this year in Afghanistan when I took the costume away with me. And as I said to you, I'd be doing late at night runs. You know, I'd be doing runs after I'd finished flying for the day and I was running around my little, what we call the dispersal, where the um, aircraft take off from. And this is it, Kabul International Airport. And uh, so I'd be running along and you'd see other aircraft take off and you'd see stuff happening and an aircraft would be taxiing along and then taking off. And it, w- it wasn't that busy, the airport. I mean, this is an international airport, which is really busy, but I was there at the height of the coronavirus pandemic and uh, there wasn't much. But I remember running along and stopping a 747 cargo aircraft, which was going along the taxiway. And they just so happened to look down and across and saw a stormtrooper running across uh, Kabul International Airport to sort of little area. And uh, and the brakes came on this huge, colossal 747 cargo plane. And I just saw this head sort of appear at the window and uh, take a little photograph of me. And um, and then obviously started up again and, and carried on going. And I just thought, I wonder how many runners have actually stopped a 747 <laughs> cargo plane. So, so that made me chuckle under my helmet. That was a funny one. And... Uh, uh, the next one was it could have been the same night could have been any other night they all looked the same they all felt the same was i don't know if we said this on a previous podcast uh, this might ring about to you with the wild dogs have i ever told you that one before 
No. Yeah, so there's a lot of dogs running around and, you know, you worry about rabies, you worry about dog attacks and stuff. And actually, they're probably just lovely dogs who are just really hungry, not necessarily dangerous, but they're just really, really hungry. And we hear stuff about, you know, wild dogs coming out, going through bins and doing various things. And I was running along. And I think it was one night when I was just doing my whole, right, I know that I was running around my little loop and I was so tired. I was like, right, if I just shut my eyes now, I can just run for 50 meters and I'll open my eyes again and it'll be fine because there's nothing around. And um, and I was running along and I just got to the point where I opened my eyes and I uh, just saw a dog just ahead of me and I immediately sort of put the anchors on. And so there's me in a full Stormtrooper costume with a sort of wild dog just staring at me, me staring at it. We're both in some sort of Mexican standoff because I, I just didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, so I sort of started gesturing at the dog and sort of, you know, trying to shoo it away and sort of, you know, make gestures with my foot like I was trying to kick a ball and stuff. And I, I, I just didn't know what to do and because my vision was so limited as well. It's like looking through two toilet tubes. I was like, are there any other dogs around here? So then I was like, you know, you could just picture it. If you were if you were just watching from, I don't know, some room or from some security tower or whatever, you'd just see this stormtrooper suddenly appearing massively paranoid and just looking around rapidly for, like, you know, the pincer movement from another wild dog. And and so it was just this dog ahead of me, and me and him just had this standoff for a while. And, yeah, I, I got a little bit concerned for my welfare for a while. And uh, eventually I sort of managed to shoo him off. But the rest of that run that night, I was on massive just... I was I was on high alert, um, not for any sort of you know insurgents or anything like that, but just because of a, um, a small dog. <laughs> I'm just picturing you like the rabid hyenas out of the Lion King. <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> Coming yeah, in from yeah. each side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was uh, yeah. It was weird. Weird times. Move along. Move along. Now, Jez, the end of the last month's show, uh, you had a fantastic opportunity for one of your one of your sponsors to win a pair of trainers donated by brooks how's that gone have you have you got a winner mate we are gonna we are gonna generate a winner now tonight i'm uh yeah it's it's an incredible offer from brooks i like the sound of that so i put this out on social media facebook and on instagram and also i i put it out at work as well because initially the the uptake on instagram in particular was really low i only had um, about five or six people um, do a sponsorship so this was for the whole month so december the 1st to the 31st and uh and i had one guy uh <laughs> join in yesterday so it was um ian steve opt uh did a donation yesterday on the 31st of december so he's in so i've got a whole variety of people from instagram mama Maz runs lee campbell zoe love shots lee brace kim sophie bevan runs peter lee and he called so i've got 34 people here on my list in total now i like the sound of that what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take a photograph of that list so i've just taken a uh, photograph of the list which i have which has got all of the uh, all of the names right so what we have now i've got that photograph i'm gonna send that to you right so you now have this list right 
Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up a random number generator. I'm going to go into randomnamepicker.com and uh, you can number list, right? So it's going to be 1 to 34 and it's going to put 1 to 34 numbers up on the screen and slowly each number is going to disappear. There's probably going to be a sound with that and it's going to leave one number, okay? So I'm going to do that now. It's oh, a horrible sound. <laughs> Did you hear that, or is that just me hearing that? I heard it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 29. Sorry, I was waiting for you to say. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Oh, you waiting for me to say the yeah, name? Yeah, go on. Yeah, Lee Brace. That is brilliant. So Lee Brace from Instagram donated on the 11th of December, right? And uh, I think he'd already donated earlier on in the year as well, but he, he donated on the 11th of December. So, uh, no, that's... I mean, you'll, you'll agree that that was completely random. And yep. uh, that was... Uh, so I've got the list there of everyone that's done. It's been won by someone on Instagram. And, uh, no, that's great. I like the sound of that. So congratulations, Lee. Thank you ever so much. Thank you to everyone who uh, who did uh, make a donation. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, uh, you're legends. Now, now, Jez, me and you, um, we're both presenters on a Star Wars podcast, Generation Skywalker. And we have, um, we have a very nice chap over there called Craig who does all our enhanced podcasts for that. Uh, there's a bit of talk about an enhanced stormtrooper run kind of highlighting the whole project isn't there yeah I, I know that you know craig does some really really good enhanced podcasts where you you, know, you take this standard sort of audible podcast format and you, you you put it into a into a video so you get all the stills or images and things just to back it up to enhance the podcast it does exactly what it says on the tin and they end up on youtube now i did think about making this last episode at another version of this last episode and making this one an enhanced podcast but it was uh craig grant a couple of the lads were saying look why don't you do almost like a, a documentary or something or other from start to finish over the four years showing the different stills the different experiences it only needs to last you know 10 minutes or, or 15 minutes or so so yeah we may well do an enhanced podcast for this episode that could work that could work for sure or it may be that we do and enhance production, um, just sort of archiving and, and showing what's been done over the last four or five years. So we'll we'll see. Watch this space on that one. Yeah, I like I like the sounds of the latter. I think it's uh, would would make a wonderful video. But um, we we will discuss that, won't we? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So watch this space, listeners. It might not be the end. No one's ever really gone. Just before we go, Jez thank yous i mean so many people have supported you and i'm sure you want to give people shout outs let's talk about the virtual medal series you know we've spoken about that on numerous occasions so we're not going to labor the point about those medals but it's the guys at my race run who have organized that for me but they wouldn't have been able to do it without the incredible designs both the designs by mark daniels of sub-level studios so mark is just been a brilliant supporter of this all the way through he's done so many other things also on on facebook on various things which he's designed and, and you know profits and 
money has gone towards the fundraising. So Mark Daniels, absolutely legend. Thank you so much. And my race run, uh, Brooks and the Brooks family. So, you know, Brooks running have helped me out throughout this. They started providing me with trainers um, in 2018 and just said, no, we're happy just to, to do this. You know, they didn't want anything in return. They just liked the idea. They said it went with their whole run happy thing. And they've just, they've just been amazing all the way through this. So I'm so indebted to Brooks. They've been great. And again, just given the trainers now of that giveaway, it's just awesome. Uh, family and friends, uh, just, you know, you guys, you guys have been supporting me. We've already had Steve on today. Stu, you've been an absolute legend. Uh, you know, you, you have been there. You've been such a good friend through this. And, uh, and the listeners as well who have been supporting. So this is the whole Star Wars community. You know, there's so many negative things out there. People worrying about negative news, negative coronavirus. Even the Star Wars fandom is just filled with negativity in so many places, apart from The Mandalorian, which is awesome. Uh, and I just want to say, you know, it's it's been such a privilege to be part of this. Not just this, but you know, to be part of this uh, project, working with so many people, I'm just, I'm just delighted. So thank you all. I would say a massive thank you back to you. You know, it's such a selfless act, and I'm sure the charities appreciate it so much what you've done for them. I mean, this year in particular, it has been a hell of a year. We we see it all the time on the telly, in the media, about how the charities are struggling, and you've gone and just cracked on through knockback after knockback make it is it's such an honorable thing to do and um you know not many people would have persevered with it mate but yeah you've been a machine <laughs> machine yeah well yeah sometimes just a completely broken machine like a broken washing machine i feel terrible before we do say goodbye when we had steve on it was mentioned that your initial target of fundraising was £2,000 for these charities. What has been your final amount raised? <laughs> well, yeah, 2016, it was a £2,000 target, and it's just gone up and up and up since then. So I'm going to give you two figures now, one with the gift aid and one without. So gift aid, for those people who aren't aware, is when um, people pay tax on their own earnings and if you then make a charitable donation and tick the gift aid box to say that, yes, you're a taxpayer, the government will then supply um, some tax back on that. It's called gift aid. So a £10 sponsorship could turn into £12.50. This is how the websites which do all the fundraising can uh, function because they take a tiny amount from the gift aid, not from the donation. So cumulative fundraising since 2016, as of about four days ago, um, cumulative fundraising is 62,667 with the gift aid. And um, that, that gift aid is taken up to 69,541. So we're really, really close to 70,000 pounds. So yeah, from 2,000 pounds to 70. Uh, and that's why, you know, I said earlier on, if it hadn't been for friends, family, support networks, uh, Jedi News, Fan for Tracks, UK Garrison. Yeah, that that two thousand pounds wouldn't have been raised, let alone nearly seventy. So yeah, it's, it's as a project, I'm just delighted, and it is now time to stop. I only know 
one truth. It's time for the Stormtrooper to end. Nearly 70,000, mate. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible, mate. I'm looking forward to uh, getting past all these lockdowns, having a brighter, happier, healthier, safer future for everyone in 2021. And um, yeah. it's someone else's time now. Charity fundraising is always going to be needed. You know, we're, we're there and there are going to be lots of opportunity for people to do their bit. Or maybe a little bit more than their bit. And uh, and I'll be around in the background should anyone need any help or advice or anything like that. But for, for that's it for the running Stormtroopers. Massive, massive congratulations. Um, you've proved that Stormtroopers really can hit their target. Mate, well done. Thanks so much. It's really weird. We don't know how to finish it, do we? No. <laughs> we don't. Right, no, you speak. No, you go. Um, yeah. yeah, so, uh, yeah. No, we'll probably just bow out now, won't we? And and that'll be it. Because um, I don't know how to finish yeah. it. We just Jez. play some music, blend out. Yeah. Jez, congrats. Um, I'll see you in two years when you decide to pull it back out again. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> uh, it's, that, that's not happening. You know, me and you, maybe one day we'll get into trooping and we'll, we'll actually do it for real. Um, but not the running. I, I, yeah, we, we've spoken about this. <laughs>